Welcome to the SpireCast, a bi-weekly podcast from Spire Workforce Solutions in Atlanta, Georgia. Look, we get it. Interviewing is not easy. There's a lot that goes into preparing, and we've been through our fair share of interviews on our side, and we've conducted quite a few as well. And we've learned a lot over the years, both while coaching candidates and hiring managers on what to look for, you know, what to watch out for, and especially when to raise the red flag. So you've got an interview coming up. What about the things that you shouldn't say? Here's Mike and Matt with more. Uh, Matt, oh my gosh, you you must have come off four or five pre-screens in the last week or debriefing with clients and had a story to tell about what managers um, hate or despise or dislike in an interview when they're interviewing our candidates. Now, it's not a lot. They're not all our candidates, obviously. We do a good job of prepping them, but every so often things slip through the cracks. Um, and, you know, what would you say would be top five things that come to mind for gaffes in the interview? Love this topic. I Honestly, you could, you could start a, a show around this probably, like The Office, but just interviewing uh, daily. Um, I, I think one that always gets brought up in an interview and... and um, it's a it's a big no no, uh, but people still do it. Is asking about the fringe benefits. The in the very first round interviews, asking, "Hey, what's the PTO look like here?" Um, and and that's uh, when they're like, "Hey, do you have any questions for me?" Or um, or just asking a question mid interview, and they're talking, and all they care about is the benefits or the PTO. That's a that's a big one that uh, managers don't don't uh, appreciate in the interview and Um, just millennials from a uh, hiring manager perspective unless you're working for a fortune 500 company healthcare is going to (laughs) suck it's just how it is yep it's not good you may get someone that offers you 100 percent employee coverage that's an outlier for the most part the law requires that if you're going to offer health benefits to give 50 percent to the employee but that's it so if you have dependents you have children you're in left in the lurch unless you're working like i said for a fortune 500 so just go in there with the thought of benefits are going to be a a fraction of my compensation and the rest is going to be paid yep um another one would be what's the work-life balance here um and there's a better way to to ask this uh when when someone asks about work-life balance in the interview it's typically going to be taken as you're you're lazy, you don't want to work, and and um, you know you're you're already asking about the hours uh, in the office for this position. Um, you know, Mike, you probably have a really good example of how to ask it in a different way so that that person can understand what they're walking into from a day to day perspective. It's simple. When you want to know if you'll have freedom outside of the core nine to five hours, you ask the hiring manager is this a results-oriented company? Because that will open up a window and a glimpse into how they value you and your results. If they see you as a robot clocking in, clocking out, you'll know from the answer that you receive. If they see you as, hey, once you get your work done, if you want to head out, go grab an oil change, take a long lunch, go get a run-in, etc., you'll know from the answer. And I think that's the way the, the way people need to be asking, candidates need to be asking this question is, is this a results-oriented company? Yep. Totally agree. Uh, I would say third would be, uh, and this unfortunately happens, and I think sometimes folks just get nervous, um, or you know they 
maybe they haven't been treated uh, right by by their employers, but it just comes off really badly when they talk badly about their employers, um, especially if they're really going into detail and sharing some some gossip. Um, to do you know, even on a pre-screen with me, I'm like, okay, this is this is a little too in depth, and and I don't think the employer um, that you've been with for a year or two years would have, would really appreciate that. Um, and that it unfortunately happens in interviews sometimes. Um, you know, we've even seen it where the interviewer is trying to move on to the next one, and then somehow that uh, interviewee um, or the candidate starts somehow bringing it back and talking um, smack about the uh, about their current employer. <laughs> I, <laughs> so. I, I, you know, this one really grinds my gears because you know, if you're on a date with your wife or you're on a date with your husband and you're talking about the girlfriend or boyfriend that messed you over three years ago on that date, it's probably not going to be a good date. It's the yep. same thing in a job interview. I mean, why are you talking about the employer that? you know, missed a bonus check three years ago, it has no relevance. You know, why are you talking about the employer who who did X, Y, and Z um, from t- a previous job or even pr- previous jobs before that? It, you know, here's what I've learned. It's, it's actionable insights. If you must go down the path and the conversation organically goes down to where you're talking about previous experience during the, during the interview, and that inevitably will, then make it an actionable insight. Here's what I've learned. Here is the issue. Here's how I overcame it, and here's how I will address it moving forward if it happens again. Um, that's what we want to hear as hiring managers. We do not, and under any circumstances, want to hear you bash your current employer or your previous employer or your current employer if you're actively interviewing. So um, that that's got to be a rule of thumb. That's almost an automatic DQ disqualifier for us. Like we we genuinely believe that that tact or lack thereof. Um, and Matt, you can talk about some other lacks of tact in an interview, but mm. that, that lack of tact um, really shows a glimpse into how they're going to behave you know, when they get around the water cooler. Yep. Do you have any questions for me? And the candidate responds back with, no. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really bad one. Um, and, you know, I, I, Mike, you and I talk about this one all the time, but it, it there's a much better way if, you know, you, all your questions have been answered, you, you know, you have six, seven, eight questions and, and, the, and the managers covered them all. Um, either think of something on the fly or even just address the manager and say, hey, look, like this has been a really good discussion. Um, I had all these questions down, but you, you answered all of them. Um, there's nothing that I can think of at this moment. If I do think of any questions, is it okay if I email you any follow-up questions? Um, but at this time, you know, I, I don't have any other questions or concerns. Um, yeah, I know. mean, if it's gone so well, then the the obvious question is, when do I start? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so right. Let, let's have something, folks. I mean, that is where when when, when this comes down to, uh, you know, you walking out and shaking hands and, you know, talking about next steps, um, they're going to remember, you know, what, what you brought to the table in the conversation and bring something. And like Matt said, you know, have your notebook ready. This is 101, but it, it, it's, it's becoming a lost art. But bring a notepad and have five to seven questions written down. And mm-hmm. you can point to that and say, well, here's the five or seven questions I had. We've covered this, 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 and this. We touched on this. Uh, maybe you could share a little more detail about this, but for the most part, I have my questions answered, and I'm really looking forward to hearing back from next steps. When can I expect those? It, something. There's a question there, and that can probably prompt dialogue moving forward. So um, that's that's basic, and we got to continue to be prepared for our interview. And look, on the other side of the coin, interviewers, um, you should be prepared to ask 
a set of questions for your interviewee. Um, if I'm the hiring manager and my candidate has spent the night before researching and diving deep on either your 10K if you're a publicly traded company or um, your website or your blogs or your videos, et cetera, and you didn't take the time to have a couple of questions about them, shame on you. So this goes both ways, and I don't want to make this all beating up the candidate because we've heard from candidates, too, that interviewers were not prepared. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's if someone's putting time on your calendar, the easiest thing you can do is spend five or ten minutes the night before while you're watching American Idol and uh, <laughs> and pop down some questions so that you can you can make sure that that this goes smoothly and, and you know it's it's good for your brand so um, I think that's that's a, a big takeaway for, from from our mm-hmm. experience. Last one would be swearing in the interview for me, or um, we've even had a person uh, belch uh, in in the interview. Um, that was. Uh, what do you that mean belch in an interview? How, yeah. did that, how did that come? Like, how, who told you that? Well, <laughs> without giving names. Yeah. So that was a final interview and unfortunately a pretty big sporting event the night before. So this person stayed up way too late, uh, which also, hey, that's a no, no. Definitely get some sleep before an interview. But yeah, note um, to self, if you're a fan of the Auburn Tigers, Alabama Crimson Tide, and they're playing in a national championship on a Monday night kickoff at 8.34 p.m., and it's a four-hour game, don't book an interview for 8 a.m. on Tuesday morning. Yeah, don't <laughs> let your recruiter do it either, uh, Matt. Uh, that, that was uh, that was on me. I shouldn't have done that one. But, uh, uh, yeah, unfortunately, um, he presented uh, that day, and it was kind of crazy, um, you know, I, just didn't work out and and was um continuously burping um so (laughs) guys don't burp um but also do not swear um i've even had to have a talk with a 45 year old man and give him interview advice um telling you were 25 when i was yeah that, that was very awkward but um you know i think he someone needed to tell him uh hey it is not okay to be cursing like a sailor uh, throughout the interview. Um, and it wasn't just like one F-bomb. It was continuously for an hour, all sorts of different uh, types of language. So uh, definitely a big no-no. Yeah. I mean, we are on the clock in an interview. And what we need to continue to, to realize is some hiring managers have been doing this a long time and they are sophisticated enough to lull you into a false sense of security. So when you get, even if you hear them drop a uh, swear word, understand that this might be a, a ploy. And um, as, as shady as that is, that is I, I've heard that as being an interview tactic. Um, they want to get your guard down to really see who you are. And that's it's fine to drop your guard in a way where you come off genuine. Um, you know, if you're genuinely walking around swearing at home, then maybe... <laughs> You know, find find a job that correlates with that. But for the most part, in corporate America and and, and small business, um, you know, having your guard up and, and being professional is probably the best uh, piece of advice. The Spirecast is a biweekly podcast produced by Spire Workforce Solutions. If you'd like to learn more about Spire, how to work with a company like us, to find the right career path, or if you want to hire more effectively and strategically, visit our website at spireworkforcesolutions.com. Connect with Mike, Matt, and the rest of the team on LinkedIn, or drop us a line at 732-859-7708. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss an episode. You've been listening to The Spirecast.